The following podcast contains spoilers and words like and gosh Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I hope everyone's um, wearing their tuxes and, and finery for this Oscar episode. Billy, you're looking sharp. I know, I know. Here I am in my, my black tuxedo walking down the red carpet with you, my friend. This is exciting. This is, it's, it's such a, just, it's just a, a lovely night, you know? It's just a really special night. It's true. Here at, um, we watched Towers, <laughs> where we really do turn it on for Oscars <laughs> week, don't we? It's all very, very fancy, I assure you. Uh, as, as you pretty much already said, it's, it's Oscar season. Shall we go through and kind of talk about our hopes and dreams and, and thoughts on the Oscars? I would love to. I would <laughs> love to. Starting with the realisation of one of my hopes and dreams, which is that we don't have to sit through the songs. Yeah, yeah I, I did see you share that, that, that they are not doing the songs. Is that correct? It's part of the pre-show. Pre-show, you say? Good thing that I've never watched the pre-show once in my life. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Because if, like me, you think that that the song category belongs at the Grammys, um, an awards show that no one cares about, which I think makes sense for that category because it's dumb. <laughs> well, it's, you know, like soundtracks are up for the Grammys. I remember it was a big deal when uh, Garden State won best, I, I believe it was compilation album or something of that nature at the Grammys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Songs should just be- They're so often not related to the film at all. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about some categories that we care about. Yeah. I, I, it's, been so long, it's been so long since we've done this. Like, a year, I guess. <laughs> more, more than a Longer because of COVID. So, I- I'm going to need you to-, to refresh me on what categories we chat about, mate. <laughs> okay. Um, for-, for the listeners and for Billy- we are going to have a little chat about who we who we think will win and who we would give it to if we were just the Academy by ourselves. So, we're not going to do Best Documentary Short, for instance. Yep. Um, no opinion. Sorry. <laughs> sorry to the short documentarians out there. Um, we respect you. I was going to say we respect you. We see you. We don't see you. Um, <laughs> as Billy said, we don't have an opinion. So, we will be talking about- Best Picture, Best Director, the Lead Acting Categories, the Supporting Acting Categories, Editing, Both Writing Categories, Cinematography, and Visual Effects. Do you have a an opinion on where we should start, Billy? Are we just working our way up, or is this like Oscar night where you intersperse the occasional big category to keep people hooked? Oh, you know what? I reckon let's start with both lead acting. Let's start with acting and actressing. And we'll, wow, we'll, out of the gate. we'll decide where we go from there. All right, okay. let's, let's, leave, let's leave best director and best picture till the end. And let's start with actor and actress and we'll just, we'll just wing it. Sure. Sure. Um, if this sounds like an episode that's not that well planned, <laughs> maybe a reason for that. Uh, okay. So, actress in a- do you, do you mind if I start? No, you start. You, you go ahead with actress, then I'll give us actor. Actress in a leading role. We have Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. We have our friend Fran McDormand mm-hmm. for Nomadland. We have Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Andre Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday. And Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Any of those nominations surprise you? I must say, 
I had not even heard of the United States versus Billie Holiday until she won the Globe for it. And I was like, wow, that seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah, like award season is, like you, award season is why I'm aware of that film and that performance because it either has not come, that film just has either not come out in Australia or came out in such a limited release that it has just, like the radar just has not picked that film up over here. So we know- the amount that we know about that film is that it's about Billie Holiday and that she won the Globe. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's about Billie Holiday. <laughs> yeah. Could be a real curveball. <laughs> um, so, I have seen three out of these five nominations. I've not yet got to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I've been meaning to, just haven't made it there yet. My heart is all the way mulligan here. I thought The Promising Young Woman was such- an outstanding film, and I thought she was so great in it that I would love to see Mulligan pick this up. I know you enjoyed that film as well, but where is your heart? I have a feeling you're with Fran. Yeah, if I was voting my conscience, I'd be I'd be our gal, Fran McDormand, for Nomadland. And I think I think two things. I think if the Academy was voting their conscience, I think probably McDormand wins. If they were just going for who do we think is best. I also think that, and I think we're in agreement here, that if she doesn't win recently for three billboards, she wins for this. Having said that, I do not think she's winning. Right. So, who, so who is your, who's your head with then if you don't think it's going to be Fran? Because I, I think Fran's got it in the bag. Here's the really fun thing about this category. I do not know. And that is a rarity. It really with, is. With, yeah. with the acting categories, normally you come into the Oscars and like minimum three out of four, you're like- just hurry up and read out the name because we we know and we've actually known for months. Looking at this category and with the precursor awards and everything, we we do not know who's going to win this. I, if I had to put my money somewhere, I'll put it on Viola Davis. Re- okay, Viola Davis is beloved. Yeah, and this is a talk about a champagne problem. She's only one for supporting. Yeah. So, would are there people that are like, you know what, we'd like for Viola to have a lead? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I think quite possibly. Um, also, she's Viola Davis and she's fucking amazing. Yeah, I think the only person who's not, just genuinely not in the running here- Vanessa Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, I agree with you. She's the only one that I 100% don't feel she has a real shot at it. Um, I think that Viola's probably second place after Francis. I-, I I have a very strong feeling that Frances is going to win for this, and I'll be completely happy with that because she was amazing in Nomadland. And if if it happened, and we live in a world that says three-time Oscar winner Frances McDormand, I'm cool with that. Look, because here's the thing. She's an exemplary actress. (laughs) I I actually don't agree with this whole idea that, oh, they've already got one, they don't need another one, or, you know, this person hasn't won yet, so they should get it for this even if it's not their best performance. The point of an award ceremony is to award the best performances. So, yeah, I ha- I would have zero problem with Francis taking home a third. Up until 10 days ago, my money was on Mulligan, though. Really? So, and what changed your mind? Because my heart is so strong with Mulligan, but I haven't- To be honest, I feel like she's third place, out of, po- possibly even fourth with Andrew Day winning for Globes. I, I don't know enough about it, but- yeah, she did win the Globes for musical or comedy, though, so that's always a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not a real um, genre. Oh, honestly, it was the, the the SAG Awards changed my mind. That was when I jumped from 
the carry train to the viola train. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the good news here is that the people that I have in the top three slots, I'd be thrilled with all three wins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. So that's great. Yeah. It is very rare for the Oscars to award genre films. Any film that is not a drama, I find is very rare. And that's why I don't believe Carrie Mulligan has a chance. I think Promising Young Woman is too much of a genre flick. It's it's part thriller, it's part comedy. Like, yes, there's drama in there, but that's not that's not its meat and potatoes. I I just would have trouble believing that it has a genuine shot purely because of that. I suppose the good news for Mulligan is that of what we presume are the top three She's the only one without an Oscar. And I also presume that there are many, many people out there who are card-carrying members of the Kerry Mulligan fan club because why the fuck wouldn't you be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing that does help that movie is that it's quite a prominent subject at the moment, you know. So, that always seems to have good pull with the Oscars. So, I guess we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, my heart's with Mulligan, my head's with McDormand. Right. So, I'm, I'm head viola. Hart McDormand. Yep. All right. Shall we get into some actor in a leading role then? Sure. All right. So the nominees are Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Ewan Minari. And in the opposite of actress in a leading role, there is zero suspense. (laughs) (laughs) How many of these have you seen? I've actually only seen two. I've only seen Mank and Minari. I've been meaning to get to all three of the others. I've heard that Riz Ahmed is astounding in The Sound of Metal. I've heard that that is a very, very good film. Um, but I believe that you're alluding to the fact that Chadwick Boseman is going to get this posthumously. Absolutely, Chadwick Boseman is getting this award. Yeah. It's an absolute lock. The good news here is that Chadwick Boseman's fucking amazing mm. in that film. He's fucking amazing. This is this is not a, well, we're never going to have another chance, so we just have to do this. Yeah. Like, he's incredible. So, like, I think you're going to have to go a long way in the world to find someone upset yeah. at, Bozeman, at Bozeman winning this award. I, I mean, I haven't even seen the film and I wouldn't be upset with it. Um, I thought Mank was fine. I, I, To be honest, I don't think that Gary Oldman gives an Oscar-winning performance in that film. Loved Minari, but- I. I'd never really felt that Stephen Yeun had a shot. It's really nice that he got a nomination. Yeah, that one that one feels like the nomination is the win. Yeah, exactly. So I've got zero problem with with Bozeman winning this. Um yeah, my my head is with Bozeman. I guess technically I can't put my heart there because I haven't seen it. So I'll say Yuan for heart just because I've seen the performance and it was very good. I think um, I remember. So it was at. I think I'm right in saying it was at Sundance in 2020. So more than a year ago, that the father was first shown, and and some of the buzz out of Sundance that year was Anthony Hopkins is getting a second Oscar. Yeah, right. Because he's incredible. Then Ma Rainey happens. Bozeman's sadly no longer alive, and it's like, yeah, sorry, Tony, um, you are not getting a second Oscar. Is is Anthony Hopkins the best performance in this category for my money? Pr- yes. Yeah, you watched that only just recently, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago? Just like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he's astonishing. He's absolutely astonishing in it. Um, I'm not going to lose sleep over him losing to Chadwick Boseman, but if I was like just voting who do I think is actually the best performance here, I'm probably Hopkins. Um, Boseman's going to win and that's fine. Yeah. 
where should we go from here? Do we do we stick with with our acting performances? Do we jump around a uh, little? Let's mix it up. Why don't we go to writing? Oh, let's do it. Adapted or, mate? Why don't you you lucky dip? You just go for it. You just get in there, mate. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're, yeah, we're doing adapted. <laughs> All right, adapted screenplay, nominees, Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan by Sasha Baron Cohen and a whole bunch of other people. Literally maybe 25 names here. (laughs) Uh, The Father, screenplay by Christopher Hampen and Florian Zeller. Nomadland, written for the screen by Chloe Zhao. One Night in Miami by Kemp Powers and The White Tiger by Ramin Barani. Um, How many of these have you got to? I haven't seen Borat. I've seen the others. I've seen- I don't know why I haven't seen Borat, by the way. I should have. You had Baby at the time. I did, I did. I did an episode on that with Hendo from the movie journey because you were all uh, babied up. Um, I've seen three of these. I haven't seen The White Tiger or The Father. So, since you've seen more, you kick us off. I think that this award will be part of- Yeah, I, I do. I do. I think this will be part of the Nomadland train. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, I don't think Nomadland, well, I've already said I don't think McDormand's winning, so clearly I don't think that Nomadland is going to sweep every category it's up for, but I do think that the Nomadland train is going to be very real yeah. on Oscar night, and I think this will be part of that train. Deservedly so, in my opinion. I, my heart and head are both with Nomadland. Um, I thought the screenplay for One Night in Miami was very, very good. I thought that they did a really great job of adapting that for the screen. Uh, but, yeah, to me, it's it's a no-brainer. I agree with you. I think Nomadland has this in the bag, basically. For me, I think in terms of for my favourite, I think The Father definitely comes into consideration because of the the structure and framing of that film, which I don't want to say too much about because if you watch it, you actually don't want to know that much going into it. But- I really like the way that they frame that film. So that's a win that I'd be really happy for as well. Um, I'm not as high on The White Tiger as I think the rest of the world, yep. but I think that, you know, speaking of the nomination is the win kind of thing, I think The White Tiger being here is awesome for them. Yeah. And they're just going to come in, do some coke and be like, sweet, we were at the Oscars. Um <laughs> But yeah, for me, Nomadland. Yeah, train Borat is a here. bit of a surprise for me, to be honest. To me, that's one of those movies that's here just because it is kind of a very present topic. Um, because so little of it's written. Well, so little of it's written, and he says not having seen it. I kind of have a bit of an issue with with that. It would be like a documentary being up for adapted screenplay, effectively, and it's like, well, I mean, sure, there's some writing involved, but it's I, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's a bit of a strange nomination. Moving over to original writing, I don't actually have, in, in, a, in a really disrespectful move, I don't have the writers here because the first one I wrote down was Borat when I was writing them down, which had 27 <laughs> yeah. writers or something. And I was like, I'm just not going to write it down for anyone. I've, I've got the writers. So, let's do, the, let's do respect. You, you read out the title, I'll read out the writers. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Teamwork. I love it. <laughs> uh, for original screenplay, we have- Judas and the Black Messiah, screenplay by Will Burson and Shaka King. Minari, screenplay by Lee Isaac Chung. Promising Young Woman, screenplay by Emerald Fennell. Sound of Metal, screenplay by Darius Marder and Abraham Marder. The Trial of the Chicago Seven, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. 
Um, I've seen all of these except for Sound of Metal and surprisingly Trial of Chicago 7. I still just have not got to yet. It's not peak Sorkin. No. Having said that, I would not be surprised if it has a very good shot of winning. I haven't seen it, but- Look, I think it does have a shot because I think in the kind of- not in not not quite in a green book kind of way, but in kind of a green book kind of way. It is this kind of ultra accessible. We feel like we're here doing the right thing, kind of thing, um, and it's written by a famous person who has a lot of love. Yeah. Um, having said that, I think that this is where the love will be spread for one of Manario promising young woman. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. I think that this is where they're going to give one of those films its its win. To me, both of those films are Oscar-worthy films, but I do think they are going to have trouble because they're not going to get director. Neither of them is going to get best picture. I don't know what else they're up for, but I agree with you that I think it will be split between them. Out of those two, my heart is all the way with Promising Young Woman, but I would be happy with either to win. This is a complete- coin flip for me I would not be like I'll wind up saying one here because that's what we're doing but I, I would absolutely not be committing to <laughs> keeping it that way between now and Sunday um, I think maybe at the moment I'm leaning that that they'll give it to Emerald Fennell but it wouldn't shock me at all and and I mean look I do not think Aaron Sorkin's winning but it wouldn't shock me it wouldn't shock me at all I, I would not be surprised I actually to be honest, my my head is with Sorkin first. And I think if Sorkin doesn't get it, then I think that's when it's going to split between Minari and Promising Young Woman. I think I agree leaning towards Emerald Fennell. Next, why don't we go- Why don't we hop into your patch and do visual effects? Let's do it. All right. Up for visual effects, we've got Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. So, not that many blockbusters released last year. Not many. <laughs> you might. Not many. <laughs> you might pick. <laughs> Do you remember when Tenet was going to save cinemas? Ah, I remember that very well. That was a while ago. Yeah, then all it did was get us a couple of one-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, let's give Tenet credit where it's due. I think it's going to be more remembered than Avatar in years to come. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's not getting four sequels. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but does anybody want those four sequels? James Cameron wants them very badly. That's true. <laughs> um, very rare. Like, vis- visual effects, the one reliable category where where the blockbusters are going to be yeah. in the mix. Um, very rare for there to be a film in this category that I have never heard of. I hadn't heard of it either. You messaged on the group chat the other day saying, what is the one and only Ivan? I had to Google it. Never heard of it. I now know what it is. And when you when you look up a film and you see that the first two names there are Brian Cranston and Sam Rockwell, <laughs> Disney family film is not what I think. Yeah. But sure enough, it's a Disney family film about a gorilla. Yeah. So, I've seen three out of the five here. I haven't seen The Midnight Sky or The One and Only Ivan. I have seen one film in this category. Is that right? You've only seen Tenet. That is a true story. Wow. Well, I can tell you this. Mulan is not getting the award. It's it's not. Um, Love and Monsters, I really enjoyed. 
and I quite liked the effects in it, but that's not getting the award either. I was really surprised to see that got a nomination. And as you said, it's clearly just because there were not many blockbusters. My firm belief is that Tenet is getting this. I also think that, and not just because it's the only film I've heard that I've seen. <laughs> um, not that it is a snobby choice, but it's the snobby choice yeah. out of what's on offer. Yes. Like, my, my understanding is that no one likes The Midnight Sky. Doesn't seem like it's winning. Love and Monsters does not seem like the kind of film they would give it to. No, it's not going to, no. And Tenet, apart from anything else, whether or not you liked it or disliked it, the majority of people still have a like for Nolan, at least. And obviously, he's not the one winning the award, but it's something to give it. <laughs> what should we jump to next? Well, should we go to cinematography now? I would love to. Let's do it. So, up for cinematography, we have- Sean Bobbitt for Judas and the Black Messiah. We have Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. We have Darius Wolski for News of the World. We have Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. And we have Fiedon Papa Michael for Trial of the Chicago 7. I think this is a two-way fight between Mank and Nomadland. I agree. Is it, is it, is it the Nomadland train, which is also a gorgeous film, or is it- Hey, look, hey, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. And I love the look of Mank. There's, I know there's some real pushback out there on them interwebs about if they were going to lean into it, then, well, why, for, like, for starters, why isn't it in the Academy as aspect ratio and a bunch of other stuff? And I'm like, I don't care. I think it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit mixed on that, to be honest. I, I don't care about going too deep in the authenticity. Although you could make the argument they did with the sound- you know, so why not with the visuals? Um, I mean, <laughs> if we were going to get one Academy Aspect film this year, did you really think it would be fucking Justice League over <laughs> Mank? <laughs> Zack Snyder's love letter to classic Hollywood, Justice League. <laughs> it's funny. I do, I do love the look of Mank, and I do think that there are some very gorgeous shots in it. However, one thing we often talk about is does the cinematography service the film? And for my money, Nomadland does that better than Mank does. Uh, so both my heart and head are with Nomadland. I agree that this is going to be- I mean, as we say, people are going to want to award Nomadland. It's a, it's a great film. And I do think this is going to be part of the train. I don't think Mank has the same level as love for it. Yeah, I think Mank absolutely does not have the same- Level of love, despite the fact that it does have a lot of nominations. It's it has a lot. I'd be surprised if it won any. It, this could very much do an Irishman from last year. Yeah. And have all of the nominations and win nothing. I think at this this is another one where maybe I do change my mind between now and the event. But right now, I lean the Nomadland train. Yeah. Elsewhere, like we just talked about how much we liked Sean Bobbitt's work in Judas and the Black Messiah- Daria, the great Darius Wolski gets a nomination for making a very nice-looking movie in <laughs> News of the World. So, well done, Darius. Trial of the Chicago 7, for me, is maybe the lucky one here. How many walking talks are in it? <laughs> very little walking talk. Oh, really? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's not very sorkin'. All right. Where are we jumping next, my friend? Do we go to editing or do we do the supporting? What if we really fuck shit up? What if we do one of the supporting, then editing, then the other supporting? You've blown my mind. I know, I know. I'm full of crazy ideas tonight. <laughs> All right, take us to supporting land. 
All right, let's. I'm just going to click on one randomly. Actress in a supporting role. Uh, we've got Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Yujing Yun, Minari. I think this is a sneakily interesting category. I do too, because a lot of these are kind of a little bit like, what? Nominations. Um, Hillbilly Elegy surprises me. Yeah, a film that it seems like everyone in the world hates and yet gets the odd <laughs> nomination. Probably just part of, I mean, you assume part of the, if, you know, if it's not Glenn Close. Yeah. Is, is anyone paying any attention to this film? Little, like, yeah. yeah. So, um, that. Bacalova for Borat is an interesting one to me. People love that performance. It is a great performance. It is a very, very good performance. Surprises me that- the Oscars are appreciating it because it's not the kind of thing they'd usually go for. It makes sense that she was up for comedy or musical at the Globes, but at the Oscars, when typically five dramatic performances fill those slots, it it threw me for a loop. Uh, elsewhere, Olivia Colman is predictably fucking great in The Father. Um, One-time frontrunner Amanda Seyfried is, yeah. is there, but does not seem to be the flavour of the month that she once was for this role. I still feel like the two favourites are probably Seyfried and Coleman, though. Yuzhen Yung, great in Minari, but I, I just can't see it snagging it, sadly. That's where I'm going. You're, go- you're going Yuzhen Yung. Because, and also partly because I've gone Promising Young Woman for writing. I think, there's, I think like Promising Young Woman, there's a lot of love out there for Minari. Yep. And this is where its love will land. That's my guess. See, I don't know. It's a tough one, you see, because- Writing is the category that, and I feel very sad saying this, people don't care about as much. They don't mind throwing a win to a film that should get a win. Whereas, you know, the actress and actor, people really, really put a lot of stock in that. Well, she's a much celebrated performer. She is. She really is. But I I don't know. I, I don't know if she has the pull in the Oscars eyes that someone such as Coleman or Seyfried does. The Academy body that's a lot more international than it was that's true. even five years ago. I would I would love Yun to win for this. To me, she I haven't seen The Father yet. To me, she's the best performance of the ones that I've seen. But I think my head is still going to go with Coleman. Right. I would love for Amanda- I'd love an Amanda win here. Um, really? That's where your heart is? Look, I've only seen three out of five. Um, I haven't seen Hillbilly Elegy because everyone on earth says not to. And it would be, I mean, it would just be, it, it'd just be crap if that's what Glenn Close won for. And yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that sanity prevails and and that that doesn't happen. I, and I'm just going off other people's opinions on the film here. Um, Buckle Over would be a really fun win. Um, don't think it'll happen. Haven't seen it, so I can't, I don't know if I want it to happen, but it'd be a very fun win. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is going to be one of the big surprise categories. Like you said, for lead actress, I think this is one of the other categories where I, I honestly don't know which way it could fall because it could fall so many ways here. Yeah, which is oh, just so much more fun than usual. Yeah. All right. Should we jump over to editing? Absolutely. In a move that would drive editors wild. <laughs> We'll jam editing in here. So, we have- Is it me reading it or- you, It's me. It's, it's you, yeah. Me. Yep. We have- Maybe I'm just stalling to not have to read the editor of The Father. We have 
Yorgos Lampranos up for The Father. We have Chloe Zhao up for Nomadland. We have Frederick Thoraval up for Promising Young Woman. We have Mikkel Nielsen up for Sound of Metal. And we have Alan Baumgarten. Baumgarten. I've, I mean, I've butchered every name here. What does it matter? <laughs> for Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, this is um, this is another interesting one for me. Because with the lack of big movies this year, one of the things we've lost is the most edited film. <laughs> which quite often has a good chance of snagging the award. A lot of these are quite slow, um, very meticulously edited movies. I would love to see Zhao win for this personally. I think that she is a great talent. I don't think she's going to get director. I would love to see her get editing. Um, I'd also be very happy with Frederick Thorovell for Promising Young Woman. I think that that is a- the You know, the way that that film melds- different genres it's it's able to be gripping and funny and all these things at once and i think a lot of that comes down to the editing of the film i think that's a very cleverly edited film yeah where are you on this in in as as you touched on the argument for most editing you're looking at trial of the chicago 7 because it does you know the timeline isn't straight you do constantly go from the courtroom to conversations that happened Previously, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this category being part of the Nomadland train. Yeah, editing is a sneakily important category for Best Picture, and I think it will follow the train lines. I agree. I think this is going to be one of those years where editing follows and directing doesn't, and that's why I think Nomadland is getting editing. All right, should we jump over to? Actor in a supporting role. Indeed, we shall. All right. We have Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of the Chicago 7, not for Borat. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy for The Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. And the Oscar goes to Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> yeah. In a move surprising nobody. And honestly, I think deservedly too. He's both my heart and my head pick for this. So this will be fantastic. Many of us- have only been, you know, we've only known who he is for a handful of years. Obviously, Get Out is the big break. Some of us then, you know, the next time we watch Sicario, we're like, hey, Daniel Kelly is in this. Yeah. But but it hasn't been long. And so often, so often, hello, Al Pacino, people don't get it when they should. Daniel Kaluuya has emerged as an uber talent, not a good young actor. Yeah. And- Uber talent. He like he might be the guy who takes the place vacated by Philip Seymour Hoffman and Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Like he might be that good. And when we look back and he banked an Oscar at this stage of his career, that's gonna be great. I agree. And I think this is one of those categories where I it's hard to say. I don't know if Judas and the Black Messiah would have this many nominations if it if it didn't come out in the year it did. And I'm quite grateful for that because his performance is great and I do think he deserves it. So, yeah, heart and head both there for me. Um, And just like I know I said it in the episode, but just shouts to Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Who's fucking amazing. It's, it's a lower key performance, but he's fucking amazing. 
Sasha Baron Cohen is an interesting one, for example. People really, really like Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. And you, and you get to, people could kind of be like, well, I get to vote for him for kind of two things. Yeah. One that I like. Yeah. I feel like people are going to wait. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen has done a lot of comedy his career and he's just started dipping into these more dramatic roles. I think people are going to wait until they see him really sink his teeth into something. Yeah. It's a shame that we didn't get his Freddie Mercury. Yes. That would have been good. It would have been far better than the, the shit Freddie Mercury we did get. Did you see? I, I don't know when this came to light, but not too long ago, there was this some- Who did it? Maybe Vanity Fair? I can't- Oh, shit. I can't- Maybe Hollywood Reporter. Someone has this little series of, you know, conversations between filmmakers, and there's Affleck talking to Fincher about Mank, and um, I don't know why it came up. I can't remember, but um, Fincher had seen Sasha Baron Cohen's- um, Screen. Oh, right. Like screen test. Yeah. Screen, I was going to say, it's not. it wasn't an audition. He had like- It was his role at the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, his screen test is Mercury. And he was like, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, so, it will always be a shame that we didn't get that performance and that- Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere, you. you know, Paul Racy, I think, happy to be there. Leslie Odom Jr., happy to be there. Lakeith Stanfield, happy to be there and probably hoping that he doesn't vote steal from people who- Love that film away from Kaluuya, who is almost certainly going to win this. Yeah, agreed. All right, where should we jump to next, bud? There's not many places we can jump, friendo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move over to director? We shall. We have Thomas Vinterberg for another round. We have my guy Fincher for Mank. We have Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. We have Chloe Zhao up for Nomadland. We have Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. This is another fairly stacked one. Um, I am um, shamefully have not got to another round. Sorry, Thomas. I hear it's very good. I hope I do get to it, but haven't seen it. Same. It's the only one of the five I've not got to yet. So you, in a shocking move, told me that you don't think Chloe Zhao is winning this. So who do you think is winning this? Because I think Nomadland is getting best picture, and only for that reason- I do think that this is going to fall, my guess is, to Minari. Because as you say, I think Minari is not only deserving of praise, I do think people want to praise it. I don't think Minari is getting supporting actress. I think this is where Minari is getting its nod. Because I don't think it's going to get screenplay. I don't think it's going to get just about anything else. I think that this is where it's going to get its win. I think- even though increasingly, like, it's actually become, in recent times, it's actually become uncommon for picture and director yes. to pair up. Um, despite that, I think director is too big an award for people to be like, okay, you know what? That's where I'll show you some love. Um, I'm I'm 100% on the Chloe train here. I'd be 100% happy with that. I think she's a great, great talent. It is- so rare to have a female win for director. This would be the second ever. Yeah. I think this is a, a clear race between Zhao and, and Chung for my money. Right. I don't see this as a race, this category. <laughs> I think this is a coronation rather than a race. <laughs> and again, I'll be super happy with that. Do you know who else would be super happy with it? Disney. Yeah. Why is that? Marvel's The Eternals brought to you by Oscar winner Chloe uh. Zhao. <laughs> 
Yeah. Not okay. That, I mean, okay. Come on. They don't. They don't need that as part of their marketing. <laughs> They're fine. But it would still be. It'd still be kick-ass for them to be like. It would be pretty cool. Guess what? The next MCU film, because Black Widow will never actually come out, <laughs> is is by an Oscar winner. Yeah. Yeah. Look, my my heart is. With- <laughs> is Black Widow coming out? What's going on? There? They postponed it again. I think it's oh, July God. now. Okay, it's never coming out. Who knows what's happening? They're gonna. That's gonna be the same as fucking. What was that other? What was the other um, New Mutants? Oh. Black, Black Widow is the new New Mutants. Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a full beer down yet. Do you want another swing at that or are you happy for that to be? Yeah, just let it ride. We can play a little jazz with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. this is a really tough one for me. I. I think that my head is between Minari and Nomadland, as is my heart. I, I cannot pick a winner out of those two. And honestly, throw Fennell in the mix as well. I'd be super happy. I don't think Fincher has a chance. I don't think Vinterberg has a chance. I haven't got to another round yet, but I just don't think he's really in the conversation. All right. Shall we get to Best Picture? Love to. All right. The nominees for Best Picture are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So I think it's more interesting here to talk about who we think will get the least amount of votes than who will win because Nomadland is winning. Let's go from bottom to top then. Who do you think is getting the least? Okay. This is happening in real time, so bear with me. <laughs> I think I think least votes well, wait, Let's say it at the to- same time. And see if we, we think the same. Okay, this will this can only work well. <laughs> One, two, three, sound, sound of metal. Hey <laughs> Um supposedly a great film. I, I think a good film. Okay. I'm I'm not as high on it as clearly a summer. But look, I, I think it's good. Don't want I'm not I'm not here to shit on Sound of Metal, which is a film that I liked. <laughs> if there were to be a stunning upset here, who is it and what would the what stars would align for that to happen. Yeah, look, it's tough. I agree. I think Nomadland is getting this award. If it doesn't, I feel like there's realistically only one that has another shot, and that's Minari, for for my money. I agree. I don't think any of the others have any chance in hell of actually winning this award. Yep. I think if you look in the vein of the quiet, touching human- Moonlight-esque story. Yes. The people are just very high on. Yeah, my potential spoiler is Minari. All right. We did it, mate. We did the Oscars. Indeed. And I, unlike some of the Academy, have seen all of the Best Picture films. So, feeling good about myself. Oh, you should, mate. You should feel very smug. I know you often do. (laughs) That's my resting state. (laughs) I have only seen five. Five out of eight? That's not bad. I've seen more than half. That's atrocious. You can't vote. Oh, come on. Five out of eight. Come on. That's five eighths. Approximately, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been this has been fun. I'll be curious to see which one of us gets more right. Uh, what are we getting to next week, buddy? We don't know yet. Or do we? Yeah, we do. Mate. Think about hard. <laughs> <laughs> I am beyond excited. Yes. Next week we will- I mean, as well as that, we'll also be recapping the Oscar wins, which usually we do with a bit of a classier film. It'll be an interesting pairing of doing a Mortal Kombat and 
who won the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Next year's Best Picture winner <laughs> with this year's recap. This is exciting. I'm very, very excited for that. <laughs> I cannot wait. I hope it is just absolute hot trash in the best possible way. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can listen to the extra content, some of which I think we're about to record now. You can tell us to watch a thing. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. Oh,